and welcome to Intention is Everything. I am your host, Karen Frazier, and with me as always, my ride or die co-host, Cheryl Knight Wilson. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Karen. How you doing? Good. As I mentioned, I have a little bit of vacation brain. We're just back from a, a two-week trip. Um, we got back a couple days ago, but I had yesterday and today off from work, and so my mind is still sort of in vacation mode while my, while my uh, you know, I have to start, I have to go back to work tomorrow. I work one day and then it's the weekend. One day work week, exhausting. Yes. Oh my gosh. I saw all of your photos on Facebook and I was living vicariously through you. I'll just have to tell you, I was yeah. loving your photos from the road and the state parks you visited. And national parks. National parks. Just Eight beautiful. national parks, six yeah. states plus beautiful. Sedona. Yeah. Are your, are your batteries recharged now? My batteries are recharged. I was a little burned out, as I mentioned on our last podcast. And um, I'm feeling, I have vacation brain, but I think I'm just sort of in general feeling better. I disconnected from everything. I didn't follow the news. I, you know, we basically spent time in the car and in nature and would fall asleep in our hotel every night. We'd get to our hotel and eat and crash and get up (laughs) and do it again the next day. So it was really great. We went just real quickly. We went over 4,000 miles. We went to six different states, eight national parks. Uh, Our highest elevation was nearly 10,000 feet. Our lowest elevation was nearly 300 feet below sea level in Death Valley. Um, And our temperature swings went from 24 degrees Fahrenheit to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Insane. I know. How do you pack for that stuff, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Well, Well, welcome back. Thank you. Yes, so glad to have you back. And um, are you ready to talk with our guest? Let's do it. You set this up, so I'm going to let you introduce her, but I'm excited. Awesome. I am extremely excited to have Maria Anna Vandriel with us. She is a longtime contributor to Paranormal Underground magazine. She, if you've read the magazine, you've probably read her mind bending columns about the universe. The column is called Exploring Our Mysterious Universe. And, you know, whenever I read Maria's columns, my mind just, it's, it's odd because I have to sit there and contemplate things for quite a while. <laughs> anyway, welcome, Maria, to the Intention is Everything podcast. Well, thank you, Cheryl, and thank you, Karen, for having me on your podcast. And I am so sorry, Cheryl, that I haven't had the time at this moment Um, for contributing uh, more articles for your column, for your magazine, because it is a madhouse behind the scenes of the next truth at this moment. You know what? I get it because you become a sort of, what, media mogul the past couple of years. (laughs) I want to tell our listeners um, a little bit about you, and then um, you can chime in and elaborate. But Maria is the creator of the next truth is it dot com i believe it is or dot org yes, yes, dot com, com next truth dot com and she is also the publisher of the next truth magazine the tagline for that is where science and myth meet she also does the next truth podcast which we'll talk about in a minute and she's also the author of several books one called exploring our mysterious universe so can you tell us a little bit more about how you got into this whole journey with The Next Truth? Well, yeah, sure, of course. The, the magazine, 
my apologies. Um, well, I have to thank you, Cheryl, for that one, because I was already well, trying to write a couple of articles and, and trying things out. And then I contacted uh, several magazines, online magazines, trying to well pre uh, present my work and, and how I was writing. Um, but I cut them all back until I met you. You in, I believe it was 2000, late 2014, that you published one of my articles uh, in your magazine about, it was about UFOs and abductions, I believe it was. And it was terrible. I don't, <laughs> I still don't know what, what came up in you to take that one and publish that one in your magazine. Well, ever since, um, you taught me a couple of things um, and uh, about editing, about writing, etc. And in the meantime, I was playing with this idea of how to, well, make the paranormal more connected to the science, to accepted science. And my husband already told me a couple of times, why don't you start a magazine? So, oh my God, no, that is too much work and I don't know how to do that. And oh, you know, panic. So, but in the end, there was a moment and I was going like, yeah, why not? Um, I was already connecting with, with uh, scientists and, and citizen scientists. Um, I understood that a lot of scientists have uh, a very fascinating and interesting way of writing and theories about the paranormal and how to connect to the noetic and the accepted science. So that is the reason why the magazine gained his... Uh, title the next truth just because it's building a bridge between what we think is pseudoscience and what is accepted science so there is a bridge so that is the reason and that is how the magazine started you probably don't know this but one of my very first articles i wrote for paranormal underground was actually about quantum physics and how quantum physics could possibly explain paranormal phenomena and it it covered all sorts of stuff that you write about so i like that you you are trying to create that bridge because i've also tried to do the same thing but you're probably better at it than i am Oh, I'm not going to say that I'm better at that. There are people in the world who are so much more better in writing and, and, and in, in these fields of what you're saying, quantum uh, physics and quantum theories and etc. Um, I like these people and I, I really um, I'm, I'm looking for them and trying to seek contact because these people can, well, like, as Cheryl said, boggle your mind and, and make your mind uh, trigger into uh, thinking about so many, well, interesting topics that, that you otherwise do not even, well, meet these articles. It's, it's very, I, I really like to read your uh, article about quantum physics, by the way. Well, Cheryl's got it somewhere. I'll dig it up. Yeah, Cheryl can dig it up. I I don't even I don't I I've had so many computers since then, but Cheryl saves everything. I do. Okay, cool. I do. I'll send it to you. But Maria, the thing that I really like like about your articles, and the thing that grabbed me from the very beginning, very very beginning, even when you say you you didn't write well, is that you <laughs> always think outside the box. You just don't follow the known. You, you look outside that known box and you, and you delve into a lot of theories, a lot of 
different ideas that are just so intriguing that a lot of people just either ignore or they are they just I don't know I don't know why more people aren't looking outside the standard science paranormal box and I love that you do that all the time and I'm I'm, I'm so glad that you created the next truth to do that through these different medias that you do and the one thing that I just want to say real quick is you allowing us to publish your podcast on mm-hmm. Paranormal Underground Radio's Podbean and iTunes account, which will start in a couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Um, you'll be able to get that on our site. You can also go directly to Maria's site, um, nexttruth.com and, and get it there as well. But we're just so lucky to have you letting us broadcast that on our own podcast site. So thank you so much for that. You're more than welcome. <laughs> It'll be a nice balance because Cheryl and I tend to delve into the real woo-woo stuff and you will have be much more grounded in some of the things that your podcast will offer than what we do. So I like that because I like it. I like both. Me too. That's the reason why, why I try to draw in these scientists as well as citizen scientists and, um, and, and give them the opportunity to, well, bring their work out to the public so that, as you say, as you call it, the woo-woo stuff is being, <laughs> <laughs> I like the term, by the way, I'm going to steal that one from you. You are welcome <laughs> to it. <laughs> so, um, and that uh, these, um, uh, well, like I said, that, that, that people are not considering the paranormal as pseudoscience. There are so many scientists and citizen scientists out there who are really seriously looking at what the paranormal is and why people have certain skills and why other people do not and what it is, where it is coming from. Is it a gene? Is it? Are you born with it? Can you learn? Well, there is so so much it's not only me that is writing uh, but these people are these uh, contributors are well i i cannot say anyone they are amazing so can we start with because you said something that triggered me uh in a good way and and that's why people have certain skill sets so i have a certain skill set i am a psychic medium who is um predominantly uses it for medical intuition and energy healing, but I can also use it in other ways. I can engage those abilities in many different ways, but the way that I choose to do it for the most part is through energy healing and medical intuition. So what have you found or what theories have you come across that explain why I have these skill sets? One of the contributors is Professor McAndrew, and he was um, talking about this in one of the first podcasts from Next Truth. Um, he was explaining that um, not only is this um, could this come from a flee and fight, it's, it's for a survival drift. So when I have to think about um, in my own terms, in, in my own uh, thoughts, it's there is a possibility that we as a Neanderthal um, were, well, almost daily being attacked by dinosaurs, if, we, if I may call it like that, if I might place that image there. So we had to this, gain this built-in radar system device thingy in our mind so that we could 
um, predict where the meat-eating, bloodthirsty dinosaurs were and in order to survive, not the cat eating. So maybe there is um, an idea, a theory, <clears throat> my apology, that there is a theory that uh, it is the, these skills could have been, well, developed in that moment. And, and over time, uh, it, it has been being perfected or, or not because we are living in a technology era at this moment. So probably this gene or, or this skill by many is laying dormant at this moment. But I am pretty sure that we all have this these skills one way or another. Yeah, I think so too. And so what differentiates someone like me who then engages those skills and someone who isn't even aware that they have them? What's the difference? <clears throat> I don't think there is a real, well, black and white difference. I think that um, as I, I spoke today with um, Tracy Farquhar, who is also a psychic medium, and uh, she was also talking about that many people, we are born with um, things that we can see beyond the realms of the vis uh, visible spectrum. And, and uh, at a certain point in time in your life, you are starting to listening to what people are telling you. It's fantasy. It is bleep shit, if I may call it like that. Um, it's, it's not true. You are dreaming. You have seen too much TV or movies, et cetera, et cetera. So there are, is a group of people who, well, believe that so that these skills are going down and not being accepted anymore and being thrown away in the trash. And there are a couple of people uh, in the world who say, well, but no, I have these skills and I'm not going to listen to your way of mocking and I'm keeping them and they explore their own skills. They perfect them, they, they expand them and they learn how to, how to work with it, how to work with it, with people with it. So I think uh, a real difference Biology, biologically seen, no, but I think it's more psychology. Makes sense. Yeah, it's conditioning is what you're saying, that some of us believe in, in having it and some of us don't. I think we all have, but some people forgot that they have. I, I, I agree with you for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that what you're saying, Maria, totally resonates with me that some people connect with their psychic abilities, extra senses, whatever you want to call it, and other people don't. And there's many different reasons for that. But can you talk about your ultimate mission with creating the next truth and why it's important or if it's important that the scientific community and the paranormal community come together? Yeah, I, I think the, the goal of the next truth is, is uh, so many times in my own podcast as well, is to build this bridge between accepted and noetic science so that we can learn, maybe, perhaps, hopefully, that um, the paranormal is as real as accepted science. Um, but we do not understand these 
well, paranormal or foggy realms or the hereafter. Where do we go when we die? What, what happens uh, uh, in our brain in the moment that we die? Is it chemically? Is it psychologically? I don't know. Um, but perhaps when we are talking to people who have experiences, for instance, near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences or have the possibility, the, the control over how they can uh, direct their astral body, uh, and, and we connect that, we talk to these people and we talk to the accepted science people, uh, regardless if they are scientists for many, many years or that they are citizen scientists for many, many years, when we connect and, and merge all these theories, all these understandings, um, it doesn't matter if you are a Reiki master or that you are a physicist, somewhere in between, like Einstein, like Newton, like uh, Carl Jung, for instance, and I believe Freud as well, somewhere in the middle, there is a truth. Um, I believe it's mysticism that is being called. Walking the path in the gray area, taking a, a little bit knowledge of this tree and the other tree, because there are true, two trees of knowledge. So that is the first goal of the next truth, making that people aware of the fact that there is also a gray area which is as real as the dinner that you played in the evening. Um, on the other side, there is a goal to draw in the young people. So that's the reason why the second magazine calls, uh, uh, has the title Young People Science, um, to let young people explore science. It's not only what the textbooks are saying. That is easy to learn. Just memorize it and that was it. And, and, and placing and writing down the correct answer that your professor or that your teacher wants to read. But these people are so curious about everything. And so there's so much fire in that. These people need, these young people need to explore science in a more fun way. So the next truth on one side, it's well for adults and on the other side it's fun for young people. So that is our second goal. Draw in the young people and let them explore everything because science is truly fun, even though many people think it's not. I love science. Uh, my biggest complaint with science, honestly, is that it can become as dogmatic as religion. You mean that it is going to change somebody's thinking or behaving in daily activities? or how? Well, when, I, when I say it, it becomes as dogmatic as religion, I think that... that um, it can be science, although there are a rigid set of protocols that are necessary for scientific method, I think yes, that we okay. get yes. so caught up in scientific method and this rigidity of it that people don't recognize the flexibility that's also present in science and that you can use it in a more exploratory way. And just because something isn't currently explained scientifically doesn't mean it won't be. Correct. So, and that is the reason why um, the next truth is always looking for contributors who are thinking about outside the box, but keeping the scientific method in the back of their minds. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would imagine that for the most part, because if you look at, um, oh, I've forgotten the name. I'm sorry. I told you I had vacation brain. Um, <laughs> Parapsychology. 
So yes. people think that parapsychology, for instance, is a pseudoscience, and yet it is not. It is a science, a social science that uses scientific method, the social scientific methods. Um, and so, so what do you say to people then who say, well, yeah, but social science isn't as stringent, and, and so it can be a little more of a pseudoscience. How do you, how do you account for that? that gap or that how do you help people pass that belief that parapsychology for instance is a pseudoscience because it it's not as stringent in its methods as look with a with chemistry i can repeat experiments because part of part of um scientific method is repeatability right Mm -hmm. and i can repeat um, experiments with chemicals or with biology, with things like that. So, but with social science, repeatability, especially in parapsychology, repeatability is often an issue. Would you agree with that? You need uh, for experience, experiments, um, well, to have a good result, uh, accepted uh, result. Yes, you need to repeat uh, an experiment uh, several times um, with a similar or the same outcome. Uh, but I cannot draw somebody into um, believing something or I cannot say to somebody, okay, now you have to reject what you have always thought and now you have to look at this. This is, this is not possible. So everybody knows that. That is then why the next truth is slowly presenting each month uh, and with the Young People Science bi-monthly uh, that there are scientists out there, that there are people out there seriously conducting research like parapsychologists. Um, uh, even though it's not... Uh, well, similar to the textbooks, they do present results. Only it's like with religion. Um, I cannot prove that God exists. I cannot prove that uh, a prophet uh, has existed. I can only read about it. So, well, we only can try to show people and let them think about things. Uh, like Dyson spheres, for instance. Nobody knows if they are there, but there is a theory, and the theory and the theorems do show and present results, like a scientific method. There is something behind. There is a scientific method, only, well, it's out-of-the-box thinking. And that is a very scary thing for many people, I guess. And I guess that's what I mean by dogmatic is that scientific, sorry, my ring doorbell is going off because my husband's coming in the front door. Um, <laughs> anyway, scientific, scientific method is, um, can be dogmatic because people don't necessarily think of applying it in out-of-the-box ways. I guess that is pretty much good safe, yeah. I think it's also like with conspiracy theories, for instance, with today's pandemic, Corona, there are so many people out there who say, no, it's not true. It's the government placing things in your mind. And on the other side, you have people saying, well, it's true. Look at the hospitals. People are dying. They are laying in hospital beds and they are really dying in, in, in horrible uh, situations. So 
I think this is also with um, the paranormal and accepted science, noetic science and accepted science. Uh, there's always a group who says, oh, this is, well, um, you know, bullshit, if I may say so, the bleep. <laughs> and on the other side, you have people who say, well, it's, it's fact. It's fact. You can read the uh, scientific results in their, in their articles, in their essays, but you need to learn how to read it. Right. But two things can be true at once. So let's use your example of, of coronavirus and COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Two things can be true at once. And I'm not necessarily sure I believe it's a conspiracy, but two things can be true. It can be that people are getting sick and dying from coronavirus, which we have a lot of proof that this is real, and that it's something that was created intentionally. And so it can be both things at once, can't it? Yes, it, it can. Like the theory of everything uh, uh, that scientists are looking for. Um, yes, it is possible, but uh, rejecting one side or rejecting the other side, well, I think then you are turning a blind eye to something or to a complete situation. Um, and that is starting to look like narrow thinking, but it is my opinion. Yes. So we had talked before the show about coronavirus and you actually said, we're telling us that your husband is a paramedic, right? Yes. And so you had some interesting thoughts about that. And I know that you wanted to ha involve him a little bit too, right? Yes. So you want to do that now? Yes. Thomas, come, you're on the air. <laughs> it's your turn. Surprise. Chair. <laughs> Wait a minute. I will make some 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 room, some space for him so that he can <laughs> have a chair. Yes. All right. So you I'm are. Uh, it's Hello, everybody. Hello. Guten Tag. <laughs> I speak English always. That's good because that's the only German I know, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I speak French and Spanish, but no German. Or no German. Uh, no, nothing, no German. Problem. My husband speaks a little German, but not me. Uh, Thomas, Thomas? Thomas? Yes, Thomas. my name is Thomas. Thomas, hello, welcome. So you Thank are you. a paramedic and you are working with, and, and you're dealing with people who, who are sick with coronavirus then. So why, I'm, I'm curious as to what you think about the people who say that this isn't real. I think that's very sad that people say that. Uh, I wish I could take people with me to the corona center we have here in Germany. There they can see the, the people who have corona, who get the treatment there, who uh, are lying on uh, on, on the, the breathing stuff, uh, they can't move. They are in 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 a in a in a, in a coma, so to, so to say. That's 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 really horrible to see. And that that were very healthy people. They had nothing, and then within two weeks, they they became like a plant, like a tree. They they can't do anything anymore. Oh. That's got to be really traumatic to see that on a, a near daily basis. Yeah, it's not only uh, that there are also people you know. Right? I know personally people who has uh, has gone that track, uh, who get corona, 
who get luckily get healthy again because they were young, but they lie for for four five weeks in coma. Then yeah, that's that's horrible to see. Yeah, and when you hear the stories of dead people, then uh, I can't believe it that are the, that there are so many people who say no, that's a lie. And then I say, oh, please come with me. Look, it's not possible, I know. But uh, come with me and look in the center. Then you can see the people who have corona. It's, it's, it's not a lie. It's, just, it's there. It's out there. A lot. So what do you say about some people say that this coronavirus, COVID-19, is just like the flu, but maybe a little bit more intense? What, 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 are, you, what are your observations in your job with that type of comment? Mostly, I think people say that because they are uh, scared. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fear of the people uh, to see it. Corona uh, has 10, 10 times more death than uh, the normal uh, flu. So uh, it, it's, it's also when you are a young people, you, when you are young, you are healthy and you get the flu. Then you are ill for two weeks, and then it's you can go on again with Corona. Not there are people who can go on again. A lot of people get ill. They they don't have to go to uh, in a constant coma, but they they get healthy again. Healthy again, not healthy. They don't have Corona anymore. But months later, they can can can. Who uh, said that? Amper? Almost. Who they 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 can't almost walk. Uh, they, they have to lay every day for, for 12, uh, 15 hours because they are too tired. So you can't compare that with uh, the normal uh, flu. So do you think there's any truth to the conspiracy theories then that this is created and that it's being exaggerated and that it's to get people vaccinated with microchips and all of those things. What do you think about those things, working with that on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> That's a difficult one. Um, I, I, I don't know of it, it, of it is created, yes or no. I can't tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's created, maybe not, but I can't believe that there is uh, an organization who has so much power on influence that they can can uh, can throw the complete world into it. I don't think that. No, I don't think that. That's fair. Thank you. Yeah. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Then I give you back to my wife again. Well, we'll take we'll take your wife wife back. Okay, bye-bye. Care for your sick pup. Bye. (laughs) I'm back again. All righty. So Cheryl, you want to go on with the questions? Yeah, I'm curious about the middle ground and why you have such extremes sometimes. Um, You have some scientists who won't acknowledge that there could be paranormal phenomena such as communication from the afterlife or maybe a near-death experience is more than just brain activity or anything like that. Why do you have some that just will not acknowledge even the possibility that the paranormal or the spiritual can happen and is very real? Well, to be straightforward in that, to create a dialogue. Um, when you have, when you are focusing only in one direction 
um, this, that is what you are presenting your readers um, or listeners with, huh, when you when you are going into the podcasts. Um, then your audience is being fed by only one thought direction. Um, I think that there is a high possibility that then a, a form of narrow thinking is also starting. And that is absolutely what I do not want for people because I want them to explore science. I want them to explore the paranormal. What is it? What can, where is it coming from? And, and, and why do we perceive uh, these messages from the afterlife? Well, at least some people do. Um, so to create a dialogue while reading the articles. On the one side, there are scientists who say, oh, come on, no, this, this cannot be true because, no, well, and then they give their theory why something cannot be true. And on the other side, there are other scientists or citizen scientists who say, well, this is the reason why I think it can be fact. So there is a dialogue in the articles themselves among the people, among the contributors from the next truth as well as the podcast the guests in our podcasts and do you do you see that the scientific community and let's say the paranormal or spiritual community are coming more towards the middle ground do you see that growing at all in this type of culture that we're in right now or do you see that it's being more polarized and, and growing apart I, I think it's it's a little bit too early um uh, I don't know if there are many other uh, magazines out there. I haven't found them yet, but I am always uh, uh, happy to uh, get connected with, with these uh, magazines or with these podcast hosts uh, to, to discuss uh, certain things. But at this moment, uh, I think it's too early. We are shifting into, well, two new eras. One, technology, uh, because of the coronavirus. And on the other side, we see an ex exploration, an explosion of, of, of different kind of beliefs. And, 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 and uh, how do you say that awareness and, and oneness is, is, is starting to rise up? So I think we are at a shift. So it's, it's a little bit too early to say that there is a, a more awareness of that um, scientists can, well, uh, ex, uh, prove that the paranormal is fact as, as far as first that the paranormal world is saying, okay, no, what these scientists are saying is not fact. So I think it's a little bit too early yet. So I think we have to wait um, a year, two years, perhaps. Oh, well, two years. I can wait two years. I've waited this long. <laughs> um, you know, I've had people say to me over the years, um, because I tend to be a pretty open-minded person, and I've mm -hmm. had people say to me over the years, don't be too open-minded or your brains will fall out. Do you think that it's possible to be too open-minded? Well, if you are uh, talking in the sense of uh, a psychic medium being open-minded, I think I wouldn't do that because everything like a Ouija board is coming in, I wouldn't do so. Um, too open-minded, well, it, it fully depends. Uh, no, no, let me rephrase that. No, you should stay with two feet on, feet on the ground, um, but... Um, well, like I said, uh, taking the knowledge from both trees of life. 
one from scientific tree and the one of the spiritual tree. That works for me. That's kind of the way I do it. So thank you, Cheryl, go ahead. Yeah. I'll I want to talk about some of the things that you've talked about in the magazine over the over the years. And one of the things that, that stands out to me is your discussion about the holographic universe. And I was wondering if you minded talking a little bit about what the holographic universe is and where science falls on that discussion. Well, I have to admit that I have no clue what uh, the universe is presenting in holographic projections, but I do think that there is a geographic design in the universe and that Mother Nature on this planet, uh, in our atmosphere, is, well, reflecting that. Um, it, it could be possible that the Earth is a hologram um, because of photonic particles, waves are hitting surfaces like the Higgs field and it's scattering, scattering all around and that electrons going berserk um, and hitting protons and all kind of subatomic particle chaos and, and primordial soup and etc. But to be honest, nobody really knows. So we need to uh, conduct so much research and, uh, in this, because now you are talking about quantum physics and now you are talking about advanced physics and particle physics and, and, and nuclear uh, reactions at subatomic uh, level. So we need, we, um, those people who are researching um, the most varied possibilities from the universe, we need to conduct so much research and we need to read, write so much more um, and, and discuss it. That is also a very important point that scientists should come together and discuss certain research results so that we can find a plausible answer for this. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think there's a trend to people in the scientific community trying to find those answers versus just dismissing this whole aspect of life that people have all of these experiences in as, as imagination or pseudoscience or whatever. Do you think that there are enough people in the scientific community willing to look into those things that we could start to get answers? Yeah, but I think you need to search for those kind of people within theoretical physics and experimental physics, um, astrobiology, for instance, uh, those kind of fields. So um, the fields in where scientists uh, uh, are thinking a bit more out of the box than that the textbooks are writing. Um, and for, like, for instance, Professor Malay, uh, probably I am pronouncing his name incorrectly, like I always do, <laughs> but Professor Malay, he wrote a book about time travel and how it is possible. He is, uh, since he was a little boy, he was um, fascinated by, by Einstein and his uh, theories and how that you can go forward, but probably, maybe, perhaps also backwards in time. He can tell you the story so much better than I can, but he was, has 
probably, in my opinion, most likely build a time machine. But like I said, he can uh, explain his story and his time machine and how it all works so much better than I can. So, so is that a podcast or an article you have in your magazine? Because I totally want to read about a time machine. Yes, I have his um, uh, interview, his question answer, and that was in the magazine from the next row from December 2019. And I am working on uh, having him in one of my podcasts, but he is tremendously busy. His schedule is overwhelming. So um, we wanted to have him uh, on one of my podcasts, recording his podcast in October, so this month, but he, well, he he asked me to contact him uh, again in November uh, because he is so busy with other interviews and his own research. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to ask you about um, some of the more esoteric things that we sometimes cover in Paranormal Underground, and we certainly cover on this show, and and if you've found a scientific connection with them. And those are things like astrology and numerology and kind of those more nebulous, I don't even know, I guess they're like personal sciences or something are there is there scientific backing for those things is there exploration as to how those things might actually be legitimate i think that for for numbers i am terrible with numbers math is one big mystery for me but i think you should uh, uh, ask professor hall um uh, he is a mathematical uh, professor uh, he can explain that Um, but the astrology and that combined with science, I haven't looked at that topic yet, at that combination yet, but uh, that is a a very good tip. I'm going to do that for sure. So I cannot answer this with, well, a clear mind. Fair enough. So what other topics are your favorite when you're looking at the paranormal meeting the scientific community. What are some of your favorites? You mean the com- combination paranormal science or just only science or paranormal? Only? The, combina- if the combination. Um, well, they are all fascinating. The, I do <laughs> not have a, a special favorite person or, um, or article or, or, or interview. Um, Personally, behind the scenes, I am more physics-minded, uh, especially theoretical physics and experimental physics. Um, I'm writing about all kind of freaky stuff from the universe. But um, what was the question again, Cheryl? Please help me out here. question. It wasn't a very good one. I want to tell well, you. I don't know. I just had a, she asked if you had a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> a favorite topic, a favorite topic, but a honestly, favorite topic. Yeah, well, I mean, in in, in science, in science, yeah. um, personally, I like physics and 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 particle physics, theoretical physics, experimental physics. Uh, within the paranormal, I love the shadow people. I love the stories about that. But when we are talking about the next truth. I cannot say that there is a favorite. They are all my favorites. They are really amazing. There is, they are all so interesting. 
Do you have one that you're really, that you really, really want to write about or cover that you haven't yet? I don't think so. I, uh, the, my last uh, article was about Dyson spheres, and that was an edition of a podcast I did with Nick Pope, the UFO uh, expert. But y- y- you were saying something? Yeah, my time machine. <laughs> I don't have a time machine. Cut that out, please. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna get on. I was, as soon as Germany let Americans back in, if you had a time machine, I would be at your house. <laughs> do we have a time I don't think we have a time machine I think Professor Malay is way better than me in the time machine building <laughs> will we ever have a time machine um maybe but I'm not sure I don't know if I could clearly see into the future I could give you an answer in that one but I think we should wait for time to tell us uh-huh. <laughs> so can you tell us some theories of, that you have personally about certain paranormal phenomena, such as shadow people, uh, things like that? Yeah, shadow people. Th- these topics, these phenomena are so intriguing. Um, but, uh, for instance, um, uh, I had sleep paralysis. Well, at least... I understood later that it was sleep paralysis when I spoke with Professor Sharpless, Brian Sharpless, who is a clinical psychologist, by the way. Um, um, I, I understood what it was, sleep paralysis, but what I experienced was I, I was laying in bed one night and I woke up paralyzed. I couldn't do anything. And I was going like, what the bleep is going on here? So um, I could only move my eyes, really, and that is really freaking. Um, I, I turned my eyes to my right side, and I saw uh, in the corner of my bedroom, I saw a person standing there. Well, I wasn't afraid of the person standing there. It was more like, I cannot do one A. I cannot do anything. B, there's someone in my bedroom that doesn't belong there. What the heck is going on? Um, But it wasn't looking like a shadow or something, and it didn't have red eyes, or it wasn't hovering over over me. But it was just standing there like a student holding a clipboard, just making notes about how I was reacting to this. And I was going, what the heck? (laughs) So I fought myself out of this situation and uh, right in a moment that I could move again this person was gone again so what is this is this a shadow people is this uh, a a view into a a foggy realm that we do not understand yet or is this sleep paralysis is this a moment between being awake and being asleep um, where my eyes are capturing and, and polarizing certain kind of UV light um, that by means of a stressy moment in my brain is reacting and, and releasing chemicals in my midbrain so that a, a holographic image was uh, um, uh, rising. I don't know. I think both are plausible the scientific uh, side and the paranormal stories, the paranormal uh, side. I think both are plausible as being a legit answer to what is happening. So can it be both answers at the same time? I think it can be, but I think the first thing that takes place is the chemical reactions 
and then you could see probably maybe beyond what is well known as classical reality so it could be it could be at the same time still i do not know sure oh there goes my ring doorbell again um well so like with near-death experiences let's talk about those for a minute with a near-death experience the scientific community um, so there's, first of all, there's some great research being done, especially with Dr. Samparnia right now into the near-death experience. But with near-death experiences, there are some in the scientific community who would tell you that it's all hypoxia, it's all low oxygen in your brain. And then you have the spiritual side where it's no, your soul is leaving your body and you're having this experience. And I would argue that hypoxia, the low oxygen, um, can trigger the experience so both explanations can be the same or can be happening at the same time. So I'm curious as to what you think about that. <clears throat> I think I, I, I wasn't, um, uh, I, I hadn't heard about low ex, uh, oxygen level in your brain, but well, it sounds logic by the way. Um, I was more thinking uh, when you, have a moment that your body and, and, and blood flow and all what is happening in your body is out of balance. Um, that there is a moment of shock in, inside your well nervous system, for instance, and that it is well giving strange signals to, for instance, the classroom and, and all kind of thingies inside your brain that is producing a high amount of electricity and, and static electricity and your neurons are going berserk. Uh, normally speaking, um, these neurons have a, a certain kind of gap in between them and they uh, vibrate, uh, well, balanced, if I may say so, so that information that you can remember something, that you can store new remember memories, etc., etc., so that your information in your brain is going, well, in, in a normal flow. So when you are stressy and when there is a high amount of electricity and that there are, that the pineal gland is releasing all kind of odd uh, chemical reactions and etc., that the neurons are going vibrating uh, well strangely probably very very fast or just extremely slow so that you have information loss when it's go for instance information has to go from a to b now it's going from a to g to l to b so there is a the loop is not correct anymore so that could be an explanation for what you see and that there are varieties and uh, different forms of what you see what the afterlife is for somebody so for instance uh, somebody can stand in a garden or another person is plop into the universe so that could be but on the other hand Perhaps it has nothing to do with uh, all chemicals and, and et cetera, but you are really into a different kind of realm where you were started from before you were born. So I don't know. So both are possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's interesting, the theory that there's something very real and physical going on to maybe facilitate a paranormal experience. Then again, 
it, it could be something totally different that spurs th that type of experience. It's, it's so hard to tell. Well, let me state this. The experience, regardless how it is, um, well, uh, what its origin is, the experience is real. That's for sure. Yeah, it's real to the person who has it. Absolutely. Correct. Something happens. Right. Exactly. We just want to know what it is and where we go to. Well, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, not now. Not now. Well, okay, for our final question, can you talk about what you see as the future for the next truth? Well, and nobody can know for sure what the uh, future is going to bring us. Um, but I do have this well thingy in mind, and I have spoken about uh, about this with several people. But it's going to take time, uh, that's for sure. Um, I was thinking for the next truth to step into this world of startups, um, and we. That, that that we can bring uh, students uh, from all ages uh, being connected and, and to scientists from all over the world. Because by, by means of the corona, we are starting to get used to these Skype and Zoom conversations. And I believe there is a Microsoft team is also there and et cetera. So the virtual world is getting more and more important. Um, if we can, with this idea and, and using virtual communication, um, bring students and scientists together so that we will have a smooth form of communication and teaching and etc. Um, personally, I would like to see that into a thermal holographic projection so that we also can shake the teacher their hand or the professor without having this um, scary fear for catching any future viruses. But the latter is more a dream, I guess. So let's start first with the virtual uh, communication too as a startup. Oh, that's an awesome idea. I love that. Tell us where we can find all of your work, including your magazines, your podcast, and your books. Well, the next truth, uh, we have a website, and that is www.nexttruth.com. All in one word, nexttruth.com. The magazines, we can f you can find these at mccloud.com. Um, this book that I have uh, written that can be found at Amazon.com, but my articles are spread so over the uh, over the internet. Medium uh, is is a, a website that is going is there. Uh, my latest article, for instance, about the Dyson spheres. Um, I'm also you can also find me at Academic uh, Day Eight. I believe it is. It's an academic site where people uh, post and, and, and drop their uh, essays and papers and etc. But I advise, I always advise people to go to the website because the, the links are all in there and that's www.thenexttruth.com. Fantastic. Thank you. I have to tell you, you've mentioned Dyson Spheres twice and I actually had to Google them. 
So <laughs> okay, <laughs> you win the internet for the day. You got me to Google something. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a very interesting podcast that I had with uh, Nick Pope, the UFO expert. And he brought m- this thing to my mind to write about Dyson spheres. So you definitely need to listen to that podcast from Nick Pope. I think I do. I think you are correct. I'm excited that we'll be able to post them with our podcast alongside them. I think yes. it's a great companion because now we have the science and the woo. Look at us go, right, Cheryl? Yep, I am so excited. Woo-hoo. All right, Maria, thank you so much for coming on and thank Thomas too. Um, yes. It's been great and interesting to chat with you. Cheryl, do you have any, any wrap up? Yeah, just um, you can listen to Intention is Everything on Podbean or iTunes and we are listed under Paranormal Underground Radio. So just search for Paranormal Underground Radio and you're, you'll find all of our past content, which goes back I, I've lost track, but maybe 10 years. Nine, nine 10 years now, yeah. At this point, so I would bet about 350 episodes. That's a good guess. I would think yeah. that's about where we are. 350 yeah. episodes with Paranormal Underground and Intention is Everything combined. Yep. Yeah. So check us out. Um, if you have any ideas for us for either magazine articles or future podcasts, you can write paranormalunderground at live.com. And just let us know your thoughts, what you're interested in hearing about, that kind of thing. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. So thank you. Cool. Okay. Well, so um, as we've mentioned, so this one will be coming out on the 31st. So happy Halloween, everybody. It's going to be a different Halloween this year. Uh, yeah. You know, if you are used to buying candy for the children and eating it yourself, this year you do not have that excuse. Just buy the candy and eat it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Thomas. You guys all have a good Halloween.